0: Yo, 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 what up? It's your host, Selinas, a.k.a. Shorty Duwap, and I am airing episode 60 in Los Angeles, California, and it is absolutely beautiful here. I am here all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, and I am so grateful and thankful that I made it here safely, and just I'm here to be able to soak up the sun and relax and reflect and just have some me time. Me time is very, very important to any and everyone, especially a single mother or a single parent, period. We need that time. We need to be able to recharge so that we can be our best for our children. So I had to do this in order to really just recharge myself and go back, you know, with more energy and a vibrancy that I can give to my kids because there's a lot going on in everyone's life. No matter how good and how positive and all of that, that your life may be as beautiful as that is, the world is going through this pandemic and we really are all in this together. But your mindset is what sets you apart. But if you don't work on your mindset, day to day it will fizzle away and it's almost like a square one moment so we need to try to not get so far off track not to digress into any old negative way that you may have ever gone through because 2020 has really shaped up and shipped out a lot of people and in the sense of just Where do you stand in your life? How do you view things? What is truly your perspective of life and love and peace and admiration and abundance and clarity? There's so much that 2020 has done for so many people. And has a lot of it been negative? Yeah, it has. There's no... You know, throwing a blanket over that and covering that up, that's just the obvious. But it has opened the eyes of many people in what truly matters under our roofs, which is our peace, our sanity, our family, our health. You have to start somewhere. And it's just forced a lot of people... To open up their eyes even more than maybe they have already been opened. But to just truly focus on what matters. It's not the job. It's not the money. It's your health. It's your family. It's your peace, your sanity, your clarity. Those things will get you further than any amount of dollars or any job could ever get you. So I really just, I took my time away because everything was happening at once and I really, really, really wanted to focus on my candle business that I have. I had gotten so many orders at one time and I just knew I could not give myself my full all into every single craft that I do at one time I wanted to just focus on one thing so that I can execute it the best way possible Um, I felt like the last episode opened up this new creativity realm for me like it just really was something that was hiding and I felt because I wasn't truly healed and I didn't truly close my my childhood trauma door or book or however you want to look at it I didn't close it completely until that last episode, and I realized that I didn't know that I still truly did not fully heal and let it go until I did that episode. So I wasn't prepared for what was going to come after I had put that episode out there, but I soon got myself together, and I realized, oh my goodness, That is what I had been waiting for all along. That moment, that episode took a lot for me to do. And thank you so much for those of you that sent so much positivity and support and love and care just my way after you guys listened to it. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I am so very grateful that I was able to help, you know, many people with that episode and and giving them that confidence to be able to face their fears and face those demons that you may be fighting every day in these battles that you don't understand really where they come from like you you get the gist of it like okay i went through childhood trauma i understand now i'm going through certain things in life because i need to really learn how to let this go how to forgive how to pretty much get over and and move on and continue positively with my life instead of letting this just sit heavy on my shoulders and hinder anything that i have going good for myself so i'm thankful that that episode was able to to touch people in ways that i wasn't anticipating i i just knew that it had to get out there and i had been working on the episode for some time but i just didn't know when was the right time if there would be a right time and so I sat down and I told myself, you have to do this. You, you have to air this episode and you're going to do it today. So I did. And after it, I just really realized I needed to take a break. So thank you for being patient. Thank you guys for reaching out and like, "Hey, when are you coming back? <laughs> I I want to hear some more episodes. I want, you know, I just I want you come I want you to come back." <laughs> I appreciate you guys so much. I I'm not going to leave my podcast for good ever, honestly. I don't think so because it's just it truly has impacted me and others in so many ways that I I didn't even know it was going to do. I'm almost thank thank you to all of you that listen, I am almost to 7,000 downloads, and that's huge. I, I mean, I just sit there, and pinch myself still, like, you did that. And I want you guys to know whenever you do something that, no matter small, big, however, something that you put your all into, your passion, something that you believe in, that you took your time and your love, you did that. Do not ever beat yourself up, or you know, think maybe I shouldn't have did that. No, own your happiness, own your moments, and be proud of yourself that you did that. It's okay. I feel sometimes, sometimes people are like maybe. Yeah, humble is good. I'm not. I'm not saying don't be humble. Absolutely, but maybe you're too humble sometimes. And people are scared to be proud of themselves. That you're waiting for other people to tell you something that should matter more to you coming from you than anybody else. You don't need to seek validation for your passion if it makes you smile if it makes you feel good, if it makes you feel like, you know what? I did my very best today because this was included in my day because I did this very thing. I can close my eyes tonight and feel fulfilled. Be proud of that. I am proud of myself and I thank you guys so very much. I, I can never thank you guys enough. This episode um, is going to be a little different. I'm going to come back with my episodes with this book that I had read. And it truly, truly touched my soul. And I love to read. I've read a lot of books. As many of you guys know, I've referenced so many throughout my episodes. But this particular book touched me in a way that I'm like, you know what, I need to share this with other people. And I know many people read, but I know many people don't. And I understand that sometimes it's easier to listen to books or to listen to whatever a podcast. However, it's easier as opposed to actually disciplining your time to sit down and open up a book and read those words. I get it. I've had moments to where I put on an, you know, an audible and just like zoned out and continue doing what I was doing, but just listening and having that book playing in the background. So I feel what I want to do with my, my next, like, uh, maybe three episodes, depending on how long it takes me to read this to you guys and just really touch on these particular chapters in this book. um, I'm going to read to you guys and really have you guys listen to this book because it's necessary and I know once I start to read it in the middle of it ending it you guys will understand why I chose to share this with you guys and some of you may have read this book I've talked to many people that have um already read this book but this type of book is a book that you don't just read once and you put it away it's a self-help book it's something that you just you read throughout your life So it won't hurt to hear it again if you have already read it or not. But it's called The Four Agreements. It's a wisdom book by Don Miguel Ruiz. And I am going to start in chapter one. And it is called Domestication and the Dream of the Planet. I need you guys to give your attention to this book because it's going to do something for you. I can guarantee you that. The first chapter begins like this. What you are seeing and hearing right now is nothing but a dream. You are dreaming right now in this moment. You are dreaming with the brain awake. Dreaming is the main function of the mind, and the mind dreams 24 hours a day. It dreams when the brain is awake, and it also dreams when the brain is asleep. The difference is that when the brain is awake, there is a material frame that makes us perceive things in a linear way. When we go to sleep, we do not have the frame, and the dream has the tendency to change constantly. Humans are dreaming all the time. Before we were born, the humans before us created a big outside dream that we call society's dream or the dream of the planet. The dream of the planet is the collective dream of billions of smaller personal dreams, which together create a dream of a family, a dream of a community, a dream of a city, a dream of a country, and finally a dream of the whole humanity. The dream of the planet includes all of society's rules, its beliefs, its laws, its religions, its different cultures and ways to be, its governments, schools, social events, and holidays. We are born with the capacity to learn how to dream, and the humans who live before us teach us how to dream the way society dreams. The outside dream has So many rules that when a new human is born, we hook the child's attention and introduce these rules into his or her mind. The outside dream uses mom and dad, the schools, and religion to teach us how to dream. Attention is the ability we have to discriminate and to focus only on that which we want to perceive. We can perceive millions of things simultaneously but using our attention we can hold whatever we want to perceive in the foreground of our mind. The adults around us hooked our attention and put information into our minds through repetition. That is the way we learned everything we know. By using our attention we learn the whole reality, a whole dream. When you went to church, you put your attention on what the priest or minister was telling you. It is the same dynamic with mom and dad and brothers and sisters. They were all trying to hook your attention. We also learn to hook the attention of other humans, and we develop a need for attention which can become very competitive. Children compete for the attention of their parents, their teachers, their friends, Look at me, look at what I'm doing, hey, I'm here. The need for attention becomes very strong and continues into adulthood. The outside dream hooks our attention and teaches us what to believe, beginning with the language that we speak. Language is the code for understanding and communication between humans. Every letter, every word in each language is in agreement. We call this a page in a book. The word page is an agreement that we understand. Once we understand the code, our attention is hooked and the energy is transferred from one person to another. It was not your choice to speak English. You didn't choose your religion or your moral values. They were already there before you were born. We never had the opportunity to choose what to believe or what not to believe. We never chose even the smallest of these agreements. We didn't even choose our own name. As children, we didn't have the opportunity to choose our beliefs, but we agreed with the information that was passed to us from the dream of the planet via other humans. The only way to store information is by agreement. The outside dream may hook our attention, but if we don't agree, we don't store that information. As soon as we agree, we believe it. And this is called faith. To have faith is to believe unconditionally. That's how we learn as children. Children believe everything adults say. We agree with them. And our faith is so strong that the belief system controls our whole dream of life. We didn't choose these beliefs and we may have rebelled against them, but we're not strong enough to win the rebellion. The result is surrender to the beliefs with our agreement. I call this process the domestication of humans. And through this domestication, we learn how to live and how to dream. In human domestication, the information from the outside dream is conveyed to the inside dream, creating our whole belief system. First, the child is taught the name of things, mom, dad, milk, butter, bottle. Day by day, at home, we are taught at school, We are taught at church and from television, we are told how to live. What kind of behavior is acceptable? The outside dream teaches us how to be a human. We have a whole concept of what a woman is and what a man is, and we also learn to judge. We judge ourselves, we judge other people, we judge the neighbors. Children are domesticated the same way that we domesticate a dog a cat or any other animal in order to teach a dog we punish the dog and we give it rewards we train our children whom we love so much the same way that we train any domesticated animal with a system of punishment and reward we are told you are a good boy or you are a good girl when we do what mom and dad wants us to do. When we don't, we are a bad girl or a bad boy. When we went against the rules, we were punished. When we went along with the rules, we got a reward. We were punished many times a day and we were also rewarded many times a day. Soon we became afraid of being punished and also afraid of not receiving the reward. The reward is the attention that we got from our parents or from other people like siblings, teachers, and friends. We soon develop a need to hook other people's attention in order to get the reward. The reward feels good and we keep doing what others want us to do in order to get the reward. With that fear of being punished and that fear of not getting the reward... We start pretending to be what we are not. Just to please others. Just to be good enough for someone else. We try to please mom and dad. We try to please the teachers at school. We try to please the church. And so we start acting. We pretend to be what we are not because we are afraid of being rejected. The fear of being rejected becomes the fear of not being good enough. Eventually, we become someone that we are not. We become a copy of mama's beliefs, daddy's beliefs, society's beliefs, and religion's beliefs. All our normal tendencies are lost in the process of domestication. And when we are old enough for our mind to understand, we learn the word no. The adults say, don't do this and don't do that. We rebel and say, no, we rebel because we are defending our freedom. We want to be ourselves, but we are very little and the adults are big and strong. After a certain time, we are afraid because we know that every time we do something wrong, we are going to be punished. The domestication is so strong that at a certain point in our lives we no longer need anyone to domesticate us. We don't need mom or dad, the school or the church to domesticate us. We are so well trained that we are now our own domesticator. We are an auto domesticated animal. We can now domesticate ourselves according to the same belief system we were given. And using the same system of punishment and reward we punish ourselves when we don't follow the rules according to our belief system we reward ourselves when we are the good boy or the good girl the belief system is like a book of law that rules our mind without question whatever is in the book of law is our truth we base all of our judgments according to the book of law even if these judgments go against our own inner nature even moral laws like the ten commandments are programmed into our mind in the process of domestication one by one all these agreements go into the book of law and these agreements rule our dream there is something in our minds that judges everybody and everything, including the weather, the dog, the cat, everything. The inner judge uses what is in our book of law to judge everything we do and don't do. Everything we think and don't think and everything we feel and don't feel. Everything lives under the tyranny of this judge. Every time we do something that goes against the book of law The judge says we are guilty, we need to be punished, we should be ashamed. This happens many times a day, day after day, for all the years of our lives. There is another part of us that receives the judgments and that part is called the victim. The victim carries the blame, the guilt, and the shame. It is the part of us that says, poor me, I'm not good enough, I'm not intelligent enough, I'm not attractive enough I'm not worthy of love poor me the big judge agrees and says yes you are not good enough and this is all based on a belief system that we never chose to even believe these beliefs are so strong that even years later when we are exposed to new concepts and try to make our own decisions we find that these beliefs still control our lives. Whatever goes against the book of law will make you feel a funny sensation in your solar plexus, and it's called fear. Breaking the rules and the book of law opens your emotional wounds, and your reaction is to create emotional poison because everything that is in the book of law has to be true. Anything that challenges what you believe is going to make you feel unsafe, even if the book of law is wrong, it makes you feel safe. That is why we need a great deal of courage to challenge our own beliefs. Because even if we know we didn't choose all these beliefs, it is also true that we agreed to all of them. The agreement is so strong that even if we understand the concept of it not being true, we feel the blame, the guilt, and the shame that occurs if we go against these rules. Just as the government has a book of laws that rules the society's dreams, our belief system is the book of laws that rules our personal dream. All these laws exist in our mind, we believe them and the judge inside us bases everything on these rules. The judge decrees and the victim suffers the guilt and punishment. But who says there is justice in this dream? True justice is paying only once for each mistake. True injustice is paying more than once for each mistake. How many times do we pay for one mistake? The answer is thousands of times. The human is the only animal on earth that pays a thousand times for the same mistake. The rest of the animals pay once for every mistake that they make, but not us. We have a powerful memory. We make a mistake. We judge ourselves we find ourselves guilty and we punish ourselves if justice exists then that was enough we don't need to do it again but every time we remember we judge ourselves again we are guilty again and we punish ourselves again and again and again if we have a wife or husband he or she also reminds us of the mistake so we can judge ourselves again, punish ourselves again, and find ourselves guilty again. Is this fair? How many times do we make our spouse, our children, or our parents pay for the same mistake? Every time we remember the mistake, we blame them again and send them all the emotional poison we feel at the injustice, and then we make them pay again for the same mistake. Is that justice? The judge in the mind is wrong because the belief system, the book of law is wrong. The whole dream is based on false law. 95% of the beliefs we have stored in our minds are nothing but lies. And we suffer because we believe all these lies. In the dream of the planet, it is normal for humans to suffer, to live in fear, and to create emotional dramas. The outside dream is not a pleasant dream. It is a dream of violence, a dream of fear, a dream of war, a dream of injustice. The personal dream of humans will vary, but globally, it is mostly a nightmare. If we look at human society, we see a place so difficult to live in because it is ruled by fear. Throughout the world, we see human suffering, anger, revenge, addictions, violence in the street, and tremendous injustice. It may exist at different levels in different countries around the world, but fear is controlling the outside dream. If we compare the dream of human society, with the description of hell that religion, religions all around the world have promulgated, we find they are exactly the same. Religions say that hell is a place of punishment, a place of fear, pain, and suffering, a place where the fire burns you. Fire is generated by emotions that come from fear. Whenever we feel the emotions of anger, jealousy, envy, or hate, we experience a fire burning within us. We are living in a dream of hell. If you consider hell as a state of mind, then it is all around us. Others may warn us that if we don't do what they say we should do, we will go to hell. Bad news, we are already in hell including the people who tell us that. No human can condemn another to hell because we are already there. Others can put us into a deeper hell, true, but only if we allow this to happen. Every human has his or her own personal dream and just like the society dream, it is often ruled by fear. We learn to dream hell in our own life in our own personal dream. The same fears manifest in different ways for each person, of course, but we experience anger, jealousy, hate, envy, and other negative emotions. Our personal dream can also become an ongoing nightmare where we suffer and live in a state of fear. But we don't need to dream a nightmare. It is possible to enjoy a pleasant dream. All of humanity is searching for truth, justice, and beauty. We are all on an eternal search for the truth because we only believe in the lies we have stored in our mind. We are searching for justice because in the belief system we have, there is no justice. We search for beauty because it doesn't matter how beautiful a person is, we don't believe that person has beauty. We keep searching and searching when everything is already within us. There's no truth to find. Wherever we turn our heads, all we see is the truth. But with the agreements and beliefs we have stored in our mind, we have no eyes for this truth. We don't see the truth because we are blind. What blinds us are all those false beliefs we have in our mind. We have the need to be right and to make others wrong. We trust what we believe and our beliefs set us up for suffering. It is as if we live in the middle of a fog that doesn't let us see any further than our own nose. We live in a fog that is not even real. This fog is a dream. Your personal dream of life, what you believe, all the concepts you have about what you are, all the agreements you have made with others, with yourself, and even with God. Your whole mind is a fog, which the Taltics called a mitote. Your mind is a dream where a thousand people talk at the same time, and nobody understands each other. This is the condition of the human mind, a big mitote. And with that big mitote, you cannot see what you really are. In India, they call the mitote Maya, which means illusion. It is the personality's notion of I am. Everything you believe about yourself and the world, all the concepts and programming you have in your mind are all the mitote. We cannot see who we truly are. We cannot see that we are not free. That is why humans resist life. To be alive is the biggest fear humans have. Death is not the biggest fear we have. Our biggest fear is taking the risk to be alive. The risk to be alive and express what we really are. Just being ourselves is the biggest fear of humans. We have learned to live our lives trying to satisfy other people's demands. We have learned to live by other people's points of views because of the fear of not being accepted and of not being good enough for someone else. During the process of domestication, we form an image of what perfection is in order to try to be good enough. We create an image of how we should be in order to be accepted by everybody. We especially try to please the ones who love us, like mom and dad, big brothers and sisters, the priest and the teacher. Trying to be good enough for them, we create an image of perfection. But we don't fit this image. We create this image, but this image is not real. We are never going to be perfect from this point of view. Never. Not being perfect, we reject ourselves. And the level of self-rejection depends upon how effective the adults were in breaking our integrity. After domestication, it is no longer about being good enough for anybody else. We are not good enough for ourselves because we don't fit with our own image of perfection. We cannot forgive ourselves for not being what we wish to be or rather what we believe we should be. We cannot forgive ourselves for not being perfect. We know we are not what we believe we are supposed to be, and so we feel false, frustrated, and dishonest. We try to hide ourselves, and we pretend to be what we are not. The result is that we feel unauthentic and wear a social mask to help keep others from noticing this. We are so afraid that somebody else will notice that we are not what we pretend to be. We judge others according to our image of perfection as well. And naturally, they fall short of our expectations. We dishonor ourselves just to please other people. We even do harm to our physical bodies just to be accepted by others. You see teenagers taking drugs just to avoid being rejected by other teenagers. They are not aware that the problem is that they don't accept themselves. They reject themselves because they are not what they pretend to be. They wish to be a certain way, but they are not. And for this, they carry shame and guilt. Humans punish themselves endlessly for not being what they believe they should be. They become very self-abusive and they use other people to abuse themselves as well. But nobody abuses us more than we abuse ourselves. And it is the judge, the victim, and the belief system that makes us do this. True, we find people who say their husband or wife or mother or father abused them, but you know that we abused ourselves much more than that. The way we judge ourselves is the worst judge that ever existed. If we make a mistake in front of people, We try to deny the mistake and cover it up, but as soon as we are alone, the judge becomes so strong. The guilt is so strong, and we feel so stupid or so bad or so unworthy. In your whole life, nobody has ever abused you more than you have abused yourself. And the limit of your self-abuse is exactly the limit that you will tolerate from someone else. If someone abuses you a little more than you abuse yourself, you will probably walk away from that person. But if someone abuses you a little less than you abuse yourself, you will probably stay in the relationship and tolerate it endlessly. If you abuse yourself very badly, you can even tolerate someone who beats you up, humiliates you, and treats you like dirt. Why? Because your belief system, you say, I deserve it. This person is doing me a favor by being with me. I'm not worthy of love and respect. I'm not good enough. We have the need to be accepted and to be loved by others, but we cannot accept and love ourselves. The more self-love we have, the less we will experience self-abuse. Self-abuse comes from self-rejection. And self-rejection comes from having an image of what it means to be perfect and never measuring up to that ideal. Our image of perfection is the reason we reject ourselves. It is why we don't accept ourselves the way we are and why we don't accept others the way that they are. There are thousands of agreements you have made with yourself, with other people, with your dream of life, with God, with society, with your parents, with your spouse, with your children. But the most important agreements are the ones you made with yourself. And these agreements, you tell yourself who you are, what you feel, what you believe, and how to behave. The result is what you call your personality. And these agreements you say, this is what I am. This is what I believe. I can do certain things and some things I cannot do. This is reality, that is fantasy. This is possible, that's impossible. One single agreement is not such a problem but we have many agreements that make us suffer, that make us fail in life. If you wanna live a life of joy and fulfillment, You have to find the courage to break those agreements that are fear-based and claim your personal power. The agreements that come from fear require us to expend a lot of energy. But the agreements that come from love help us to conserve energy and even gain extra energy. Each of us is born with a certain amount of personal power that we rebuild every day after we rest. Unfortunately, we spend all our personal power first to create all of these agreements and then to keep these agreements. Our personal power is dissipated by all the agreements we have created and the result is that we feel powerless. We have just enough power to survive each day Because most of it is used to keep the agreements that trap us in the dream of the planet. How can we change the entire dream of our life when we have no power to even change the smallest agreement? If we can see it is our agreements that rule our own life and we don't like the dream of our life, we need to change the agreements. When we are finally ready to change our agreements, there are four very powerful agreements that will help us to break those agreements that come from fear and deplete our energy. Each time you break an agreement, all the power you use to to create it returns to you. If you adopt these four new agreements, they will create enough personal power for you to change the entire system of your old agreements. You need a very strong will in order to adopt the four agreements. But if you can begin to live your life with these agreements, the transformation in your life will be amazing. You will see the drama of hell disappear right before your very eyes. Instead of living In a dream of hell, you will be creating a new dream, your personal dream of heaven. And that ends chapter one. Chapter two, I'm going to be um, reading in my next episode, in episode 61. And that chapter is called Be Impeccable with Your Word, which is the very first agreement. So stay tuned for episode 61. Thank you guys for sticking through this episode 60. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something from this first chapter. It was a lot of information, but it was good. And please take notes with when I'm reading these because it's definitely something to go back to and, and get the book yourself. I'm going to post it on my social media platforms again. I've already posted it before because when I first started reading it, I'm like, this book is amazing and it has helped me so much. It also gave me that extra boost to continue to record. There's no way I couldn't share this book with you guys, especially after my last episode. It, it almost goes hand in hand. And it was like, whoa, <laughs> the universe again has shown out. But um, with that being said, I'm, I'm going to close this episode and uh, definitely can't wait for you guys to hear the rest of this. Like I always say, change your perspective change your attitude, change your mind, and you change your life. I believe in you, so believe in you too. Until next time, from Los Angeles, California, I'm out.